Hello and welcome to episode 224 of the Thinking LSAT podcast in Vienna, Virginia. This is Ben Olson, um, getting ready for Christmas as we speak. With me is Nathan Fox in Los Angeles. <laughs> no, I'm in Tahoe again. I'm not getting ready for Christmas at all. Um, my family, we have decided that uh, we're doing gifts only for the kids. Okay, cool. That's nice. And Yeah, hell yeah. So I have... Uh, a niece who's 12, who's like my just favorite person in the world. And then I have um, a nephew who's like four and a niece, another niece who's like one. So the four-year-old and the one-year-old, I don't know. I'm just going to ask my sister what to get yeah. them. And I asked the, <laughs> I asked my niece, the like love of my life, I asked her what she wants. And she said, oh, um, this year I think I just want like gift cards to places. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, she sounds savvy. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I was like, you know, you could just say cash. <laughs> and she goes, well, yeah, same thing. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> she, it's like the polite <laughs> version of cash, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I might not even try. I don't know. I might just I might just give her cash, <laughs> just see see what she says. Awesome. But, um, cash is yeah, almost harder. Yeah. I'll probably buy ways. her some board games too. Well, yeah, cash is like uh, I don't know what what's the appropriate. <laughs> like, how do you even use cash like these days? Oh, oh, um, I, it, it still spends. I, I'm pretty sure if you walk into <laughs> I'm sure you can use Target it. or wherever she can. But like I pretty much buy everything online these days, right? I'm like, oh I need this. And yeah. then I just go to Amazon. And so dealing with cash is a little more difficult in some ways. Except for the our local barbershop requires only cash. I'm always skeptical of whether they're trying to avoid taxes, but Duh. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Uh, you know, they claim it's for the credit card processing fee. Yeah. Well, that's like 3%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really buy that. What are we, uh, we going to talk about on the show today? So today, yeah, we have apparently a personal statement workshop testimonial, maybe from the workshop we just did in New York City. Oh, good. Um, we got some pearls versus turds, or at least a pearl or turd or tie, which we'll find out today. We're going to have <laughs> questions about parallel flaw questions. Um, we have a good LSAT writing sample question mark. Hmm. Okay. Maybe it's good. My gut says probably not, but hey, no, we'll take a look. It's just a question about writing samples, but anyway. Oh, ahead. okay. Okay. Yeah. I was, yeah. Um, conditional scholarships question. We have appealing an LSAC GPA calculation. Wow. So someone's going to challenge LSAC. And then chance. Chance has submitted a personal statement. Chance, I hope you know what you have signed up for. Um, <laughs> if you guys don't know by now, I don't know what to say. Um, but we love you. We just don't like your writing. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> Other than your ideas and the way you put them on the paper. <laughs> Everything else. You Y'all know, are great writers. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is going to come out on Monday the 23rd, two days before that, um, wow, almost universal holiday and uh, Christmas. Yep. And then we have the LSAT a couple weeks later, actually three weeks later, I guess, uh, in January. And then actually, ooh, before that, 
on Tuesday, January 7th. That's the last day you have to register for the February LSAT, which will be on February 22nd. That's a Saturday this year. All right. Yeah. Email the show at help at thinking LSAT. Send us your selfies if you're so inclined. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. It helps a ton. We, we like hearing from everyone who loves and hates us. Uh, let's jump in. Do you want to read this testimonial? Sure. It says, uh, Dear Thinking LSAT team, thank you for putting together the personal statement workshop last weekend. It was a very helpful experience, and I feel like I took away a lot from it. While I listen to the podcast religiously, hashtag praise the demon, and I've watched the video on personal statements in the demon, being able to discuss sample statements with other prospective law students allowed me to see some of my strengths and weaknesses more clearly. That's nice. Yeah. Some of my key takeaways are the following. Wow. Wow. Like a substantive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Okay. While people often use the word we when talking about things done as a team effort, you should stick with I in your personal statement. If you use we in the personal statement, the reader will wonder how much you actually contributed. That's, uh, I think that's your point, Ben. Yeah. uh, I would say that's not. I don't want people to take that away as like a hard and fast rule, <laughs> yeah. like never use the word we. We can be used occasionally, and sh- especially if you're talking about your team. Sometimes uh, we are working on personal statements in which someone has led a team, and you don't want to say like, if it's obvious that you were leading the team and you were directing them and helping them complete a project, it, it might be good when you... Th- point out that you finished the project or successfully closed the deal or whatever that you say we (laughs) to give credit to the team and not just pretend it was like you who closed the deal. Um, I I think you got to be smart about how you use we. I just think that a lot of times people overuse it because they're, I don't know, they're being too humble or too like accurate. Yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, it was a team effort, but let's talk about the things that you did in that team. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. Uh, next bullet point. It's not just what your story is. It's how you tell it. You could have an excellent topic for a personal statement, but if it's not told the right way, that could be the difference between an admit or deny. Yeah, this happens all the time. I think everybody has a good story to tell. I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to get to this point in your life where you're applying to law school without having something that would be totally reasonable for a topic. Yep. It's yeah. just that people are horrible at getting to their point and telling their story in the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Third bullet point says the bromance between Ben and Nathan is real. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. I never doubted that, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I didn't. I did not doubt it either. I'm surprised that the listeners doubt it because no, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's the real thing. What um, is technically a bromance? I guess I'm not. I'm not so savvy about this. No, I think a bromance <laughs> is that's the new word for friendship between oh, two okay. dudes. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah. yeah, we are actually friends. We do enjoy yeah. each other's company. We don't. <laughs> we're not just faking it on the yeah, show. Yeah, it's not like a news show where after the you know the <laughs> camera cuts away, we're like fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. We never speak to each other except for just when we record the podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fourth bullet point says 
It's helpful to break down the judgment of a personal statement into separate categories for style and content. Oh, that was your thing also, Ben. Good content is necessary, but not sufficient. The greatest story in the world could still be brought down if it's filled with typos and grammatical errors. The opposite is also true. The best written story could still be brought down if the content is garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We only had, I think there was only one of the personal statements that we talked about in New York that was where the content was like not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just quick tip for everybody out there listening. Um, don't write about depression and anxiety in your personal statement. And it, it, it's just uh, like, I feel you. I really do. But that's that you're not putting your best foot forward when you're talking about shit like that. Yeah. It's just not, nobody wants to hear about that stuff. And as much as we do, like we all, we do feel you and we, you know, hope that you will get that sorted out and (laughs) all that. But when you're, when you're writing about depression and anxiety, it just, it's just red flags. Like your reader's going to be like, Ooh, I don't know if we want, more depression and anxiety in our school you know sure. like yeah. they've already they've got enough of that like there's dedicated therapy teams on campus because law school sucks so bad and so many people struggle so bad but uh you don't need to be putting that in your personal statement yeah um all right last bullet point overall i've learned that while i've done well in my writing classes in school i have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> okay <laughs> I've started. I'm reading. glad he recognizes this, yeah, or whoever this is, because like, yeah. um, so many people think that they're the shit when it comes to writing. It's like I don't, you know, you you're yeah. just kind of caught up in your own words. Yeah, I've started reading the Grammarly blog. Wow, and I'll be checking out some of the books that have been suggested on the podcast. If you have any further book recommendations, please let me know, Sam. Well, thanks, Sam. That's awful nice. Yeah, so really quick, just before people uh, forget or don't have to dig through um, past episodes, I'll just tell you these two books really quickly. So one is called Legal Writing in Plain English by Brian Garner. Okay. Um, Brian Garner is also the author of Black's Law Dictionary, for all those of you who eventually encounter that. But in any case, the cool thing about legal writing in plain English is that it's got a ton of exercises. So basically, it's a workbook, and you go through, and he has you rewrite sentences and says, look, like, how would you make this more plain? (laughs) Like, cut out the trash, cut out the fluff, make it easy and direct. Um and so then you get good at it. It's very hands-on. The other book I would recommend is uh, Style by Joseph Williams. I'm pretty sure. Let me just double-check that. Yep, Style, subtitle is Toward Clarity and Grace by Joseph Williams. Nice. Mm-hmm. I would uh, like to recommend Stephen King's On Writing. Okay. Um, it's not like so much about technical grammar stuff, but he's mm-hmm. just such a f- fine writer and it's about his like life as a writer yeah. and it, it is a lot about his process, which, you know, y'all, the process needs to be write a lot and edit the shit out of it. <laughs> I know that's like obvious, but you mm-hmm. need to write more than you think. Like if you're trying to write a two page personal statement, go ahead and write four pages, six pages, whatever it is. And then just edit, 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 edit. And that's where good writing comes from most of the time. 
So yeah. anyway, Stephen King on writing. It's a really good book. Cool. Thank you, Sam. Um, I would just add that if you are a Demon subscriber, LSATDemon.com, you can go to the course. And one of the lessons is on personal statements. And we have the personal statement workshop in there that we did in December, in hmm, last year in D.C. And then we have the personal statement workshop uh, that we did in New York City in there as well. So, nice. And you can also find those at thinkinglsat.com forward slash admissions. Uh, you can find the workshops as well as the... Um, packages that we nice offer. nice yeah uh we also have a new lesson ben i don't know if you even know that i did this but we have a new lesson with all these weirdest lsat logical reasoning questions oh really That's that we've cool. been brainstorming yeah. about <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 i was like hey this is awesome like i had uh adam cut out a, a snippet from the show because mm-hmm. we had a i thought a useful discussion about um, the weirdest LSAT logical reasoning questions. And yeah. so that's in there. And then um, links to all of the questions about uh, dioxin, the people with a tendency to laugh who laughs less, the Han purple one, the bees vision one, the snake molting one, the greater spring flooding and less storable water one. All those are in there. So there's oh, links awesome. to, yeah, links to the hardest slash weirdest LSAT logical reasoning questions and all of our explanations. That's also in the demon lessons. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Pearls versus turds time. Yeah. So this person writes, uh, this is from your student, Jamie, apparently. Um, The interviews weren't with actual people. They used this Kiera service, Kiera service, where a video plays telling you the question and then you record yourself talking. What? This so is, is this interviews with law schools or something. Yes, I'm trying this to is get my context here. <laughs> yep, this is sorry. Yeah, this is my um, recent student Jamie, who is like an absolute baller, and okay. she is getting interviews with all of these top law schools. And so, this is her experience about. Uh, it. <laughs> First of all, they're robo interviews. They're not actual people. Whoa, it's this weird okay. service where a video huh. plays and it tells you the question and then you record yourself. That's what she's talking about. Okay, but got it. So then, Kira asks you questions and Kira's like Siri or something yeah. and you answer them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe and she's then, as dumb as Siri. <laughs> then this is the uh, tip right here, the next bit. Okay. I read something online that said to tape a piece of paper over the part of the screen that shows your face, which was super helpful at reducing the awkwardness. Yeah, looking at yourself while you're talking to a robot can be distracting because you start thinking about yourself as opposed to what you're saying to the, quote, person. Yep. I mentioned (laughs) this. Kira. (laughs) I mentioned this to someone who, uh, actually, no, it was Annalisa, who um, ADOT was like, huh? What? When I sent her this, ADOT was like, she didn't understand it. She was like, why? Why would you do that? What? And then, but I was explaining it to her because, I mean, I spend so much time tutoring on Skype. And even I, like, I have a lot of experience doing that. But mm-hmm. I, I have moments where if I have the little picture of myself up there on mm-hmm. the screen, yep. it's super distracting. It sucks. I yeah. hate it. <laughs> so I like to alt tab over to a, a different, you know, or like if you have a different window up, like a, I usually have a PDF of a test up on my screen and then it'll just show me the PDF and and the person that I'm tutoring. Yeah. And then I don't get distracted by the weird picture of myself. Okay. So anyway, I saw this and I thought that it was a pretty good tip for people who are doing these online interviews. Yeah. I, I like it. So this is a Pearl. Thank you, Jamie. 
Get used to uh, talking to Kira or whoever that is. <laughs> yeah, just recording weird videos of yourself. I mean, it, you know, I was thinking about the interview process. We were talking about this in New York. NYU, they had just real roughly, they had 7,000 applicate applications mm-hmm. for yeah. they were going to admit 1,500 of them so that they mm-hmm. could get a class of four or 500. Yeah. Uh, they don't have time. They don't have time to have an actual interview of all of those 7,500 people. <laughs> it's ridiculous, yeah. you know? So they're now schools that do do an interview are doing a virtual interview. So they have this video of you in the can. If they want to watch it, they're able to watch it. Probably if I were making this decision, I would have already decided that I wanted to admit you. Then I would watch the video just to make sure. Yeah, because a lot can come out, <laughs> I'm sure, in those videos of like, wait, what? <laughs> What's going on? Um, oh, dude, people are the worst. So I'm sure that people are, you know, like dropping N bombs and stuff in their videos. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, we, yeah, <laughs> you, you looked good on paper. Yeah. And then you said something inappropriate. So be yourself. Don't be racist. You're probably going to do just fine. I'd assume that's pretty rare, but even so, like, (laughs) (laughs) even if you don't make that mistake, um, yeah, people make subtle mistakes or they start to try to explain themselves more and it actually just makes you seem even more naive or, you know, you start talking about your (laughs) entertainment law aspirations and it's like, eh, okay, you know, you were able to hide it in your personal statement because someone told you to take it out. But when you were talking, you just kind of couldn't hold back. That's a good point. Anyway, hey, um, you referred to Annalisa, our wonderful producer, as ADOT. I I did. anyone why? Oh, yeah, because um, she wrote her undergraduate, uh, or wait, no, I think it was a master's. She wrote a thesis. Mm Mm-hmm. She wrote a thesis about Kendrick Lamar. Who and is K-Dot. K Dot. He goes, yes, he sometimes refers to himself as K Dot. And so I decided that Annalisa needed a nickname. I asked her if she had a nickname, and she said, yes, people call her Anna. Mm, mm-hmm. But that was boring. Yeah. <laughs> so I told her that we were going to refer to her as A Dot. And so how did she respond? She gave me like a ha ha emoji. <laughs> she's like you're my boss okay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was probably really the eye roll emoji and yeah. uh, she just edited it edited it down to the the haha emoji <laughs> anyway you, you need to send kira after her <laughs> <laughs> yeah she hasn't uh well she hasn't objected so i i okay. like it i like it i it's, like it too it's for me sure <laughs> it's for you oh, i'll take it on <laughs> Um, that's okay, a pearl, so dude. Six. That's a pearl. Yeah. Wow. Six pearls now. Twenty six turds and thirteen ties. Sweet. Yeah. So we have parallel flaw questions. Question. <laughs> Hi. Thinking LSAT folks. Hmm. We're thinking LSAT folks. That's cool. Yes. Yeah. L T L Fs. I am a. I'm a few weeks into prep, and I understand parallel reasoning questions. Okay, and flaw questions. Okay, I think. But what in the hell are parallel flaw questions? They got to be in the family of parallel reasoning questions, right? Thanks for the pod, D. <laughs> um, 
Is that your question? Yes, they, they're kind of, if, if there was a family, I don't know that there is a family, but if there were, was a family of parallel reasoning, parallel flaw questions would be close cousins or in the same family. I don't know. Is that, does that help? Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I mean, hey, question types are artificial, right? Like that's made mm-hmm. up shit. Yeah. That's LSAT teachers made that up. Yeah. So, yeah, when they say which one of the following has questionable logic most similar to the questionable logic in the statement or whatever, um, they're telling you there's a flaw. Yep. So, ideally, you already noticed that flaw when you read the argument. This is where everyone goes wrong on logical reasoning is that you just don't, people just don't read the argument carefully enough in the first place. Mm-hmm. You should be spotting those flaws more, like ha- more than half the time. Okay, you shouldn't be passive. You should. You shouldn't. It's not on them to tell you that the argument is flawed. You're going to be a lawyer. If you're going to be a lawyer, you need to be able to understand people's arguments and then tell them why it's bullshit. Even <laughs> if you agree with the conclusion. Yeah. Exactly. Even if you want them to be right, you have to be able to look at that and go, uh, yeah, but mm, <laughs> here's what the law says. Uh, here's your facts. Yep. Mm, we're going to lose. Yep. <laughs> you have to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So step one, and it doesn't matter what question type, step one, be more critical of these arguments and start spotting the goddamn flaw. Because no matter what the question type turns out to be, you really need to spot that flaw. On a parallel flaw question, they're going to tell you that there's a flaw. So they're going to say, again, you know, which one of the following has, which one of the following is susceptible to criticism in a similar way or whatever. I don't know. Ben, you got a question stem in your mind you can come up with? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, which one following exhibits the same flawed pattern of right. reasoning as the argument above? Yep. And so if you didn't spot the flaw, then now they're kind of giving you a second chance. Like, mm-hmm. are you sure? You sure you don't want to? Yep. <laughs> it was right there. Do you? And then, so, the, but the the problem most students have, I think, is that they then just blunder straight into the answer choices. Yep. Without even thinking about it. And so one, you should have spotted the flaw when you were reading the argument. Two, if you didn't spot the flaw when you were reading the argument, the question now tells you that there's a flaw. You really need to reread the argument and spot that flaw. Yep. Because in my experience, people get way too technical about these parallel questions, both parallel reasoning and parallel flaw. Mm-hmm. They overcomplicate it by getting really granular like ultra super detail focused mm-hmm. where they're trying to match words or match terms. Yeah. Dude, that is not the right way to do a parallel flaw question, especially. Yeah. Parallel flaw questions are about matching the flaw. That's what they want. They want to know if you were able to identify why the given argument was stupid. And then yep. all you have to do is find an answer that is similarly stupid yeah you can take all the technicalities out of it you don't need to be getting all 
matchy matchy with the like each single, you know, like matching up every single word. Oh, this says some, I need an answer. This has to also say some like, no fucking don't do that. (laughs) Instead attack the argument, say why the argument is stupid, attack the answer choices. One of the answer choices is going to be stupid in the same way. And that's all you have to do on parallel flaw questions. Hey dude, I have a challenge. I can't wait. Okay, so I'm going to come up with an argument, and then I'm wondering if you'd be game to tell the listeners why it's flawed, and then come up with a similar, an argument that's different, but flawed in the same way. Okay, I think I can handle it. Okay, and I'm making this up as we go, so it might be a little fucked up, but... Well, we have an editor, uh, so he can always (laughs) just take it out. (laughs) That's how we sound so good, if we sound good. Um... Okay, so here's the flaw. Joey's dad, literally (laughs) thinking of this as I say it, Joey's dad believes that if he buys Cheerios in the morning, no, if he buys Cheerios, (laughs) then he will find Nirvana. Whoa. Yeah. Joey's dad thinks that if he buys Cheerios, he will find Nirvana. Yep. Okay. Joey's dad just bought Cheerios. Okay. Therefore, Joey's dad will find Nirvana. Okay. Um, Yeah, that's bullshit because the premise was about what Joey's dad thinks. He thinks that if he buys Cheerios, he's going to find Nirvana. And Mm -hmm. the conclusion is uh, about him actually finding Nirvana. Yep. So... Right. So yeah. So if I had if I read that on the LSAT, I would be as I normally do. I would be thinking, "Hey, this is bullshit because you're conflating what Joey's dad thinks is going to happen with what actually happened." Yep. All right. Um, so, are there m- any other similarities that you would expect to see in the correct answer? Possibly, not necessarily, but possibly. Hmm. No, I would be, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you're fishing for there, but I would be looking for somebody thinks a thing is going to happen if they do a thing. Yep. So I guess there is probably conditional reasoning in. That's what I'm thinking. Correct. I mean, I don't know. It's it's not as important as the flaw that you're pointing out, but I, my guess is that if then it's kind of important to them, so they'd probably follow a similar pattern. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I would be looking for, um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Nathan thinks that he'll have a really good day if he goes skiing tomorrow. Or to, if it, yeah, if he goes skiing, he, he thinks he'll have a good time if he goes skiing. Um, mm-hmm. He went skiing, therefore he had a good time. Yep. Perfect. Cool. Yeah, and uh, so I would, and I definitely do that when I'm writing the explanations. I find myself always doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the real process that I go through. I think I do take a moment. It only takes five seconds. You know, you read As the you argument. Practice this, yeah, you yes. get better at it. Mm-hmm. You read the argument. The argument's fucked up, and you go, "Oh, well, that's like saying this." And you yeah. just it. It's like you can't even help but spit out a a similar parallel flaw. Yeah. Then all you have to do now is go into the answer choices. You're not going to find the exact prediction you made. Yeah, but you'll find something that is similar to your prediction. It'll be similar to the given argument. It'll be similar to your prediction, and then that's how you know 
that that's for sure the answer. Cool. My uh, your turn. Um, my turn. Do you want to make one? What? An oh, argument. You want a challenge? <laughs> yeah, I want a challenge. <laughs> um, I feel I feel like a puppy. I just gave you the ball. Now I want it back. <laughs> 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 this might be our nerdiest moment ever on <laughs> 200 something episodes of the show. Um, okay. Let me, let me, let me see. Um, yeah. Uh, I just made it up as I was talking. Yes. Oh, okay. So you don't want me to think about it. You want me to just, well, you can think it about it. As it as I'm, I'm just saying you could just start talking too. It's kind of <laughs> easier that way. <laughs> um, Let's okay. E, uh, people who ride the gondola to the top of Heavenly Valley, okay, uh huh, um, are tend to be wearing uh, stocking caps. Oh, okay. Therefore, wearing a stocking cap makes you ride the gondola to the top of Heavenly Valley. Okay, yeah, classic uh, correlation to causation. Flaw. Okay. All right. You told us there was a correlation between riding to the top of, what was it, Heavenly Valley? Yep. Okay. And wearing caps or something like that. And then you said, therefore, one of them causes the other. Mm -hmm. And for all I know, the causation is reversed or something else is causing both or who knows what. So that's a correlation to causation flaw. And I would expect the correct answer to do the same thing. Yep. So my example would naturally be um, people who tend to rise to the top. People who rise to the top tend to sleep around more than other people. Okay. Jesus. Right? <laughs> Nathan, this is the world we live in. <laughs> okay. Go on. It's a tendency. It's not necessarily a one-to-one relationship. Okay. Therefore... Sleeping around um, improves your chances of getting to the top. Yeah, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, well done. Thank you. <laughs> it happens really naturally. I mean, when you get good at attacking the flaws in the in the LSAT, I mean, it's just such a critical skill. I, I can't. I really cannot stress this enough. Mm-hmm. I predict the answer to logical reasoning questions. Like probably half of them. Like I know what the answer is before I look at the answer choices half the time. Yeah. And you can do this on parallel flaw questions as well. People get really intimidated by parallel flaw questions, but you you shouldn't. If you notice why the argument is fucked up, you can then just poke a hole in it. Yeah. And then you just find the answer that has the similar you know, weakness, similar susceptibility to attack. Anyway, thanks D uh, for writing in. Can, can I, I, I want to switch topics for just a second. Yeah. Remember last episode or whatever, when I was yelling about how this decision, this, this, uh, the fact that they are going to get rid of the logic games because of blind people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're still sleeping I'm or tossing and turning in fucking, your bed about this. Dude, I'm fucking pissed about it because. Okay. Whoa. Hey, so check this out. Okay. I have a, a close friend. Um, <clears throat> she's actually 
living with me right now. I have a I have a pro bono roommate right now because yeah. my friend uh, my friends uh, Nikki and Danielle they're married. And okay. uh, Nikki had to go north for back to the Bay Area. She had to go north for a job, and she's okay. a lawyer, and she, so she's lawyering in the Bay Area. Mm. And so she's living with Danny's family. And Danny, they used to live in my neighborhood, but Danielle just moved in with me. So <laughs> because Danielle's got a job, and she's in got your a area. job exactly right in my neighborhood. Oh, okay. And yeah. they're both young. They're both like right out of grad school and they're like trying to save money or whatever. And they're like drinking buddies of mine. And so I'm like, Danny, just move in. Like, you're fine. And so they're, yeah. they're sorting it out while they eventually she's going to move north and I'm going to be sad. But for now, I have a roommate and it's fun. Okay. Um, but Danny, she is an occupational therapist. She went to USC. USC is the best or second best occupational therapy school in the country. Okay. So she's like yeah. a real badass. Like she's like really, really smart. She works, Ben. She works in fucking low vision. She works with blind people every day. Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. I re- remembered this. I'm like, oh shit. I actually live with a person who knows everything about this. Wait, wait, low vision or blind? Was is it yes, like low vision is they, you have compromised vision, right? Yeah. Blind, you can't see it all. Yes. Okay. But all at, right. at the place where she works, they do have services for for totally blind people and they also have services for low low vision people. But anyway, okay. so she's like working around blind people slash low vision people all the time. This is what she does for a living. Okay. I brought up this new thing that happened where the LSAC had to settle this lawsuit because of some blind dude who sued them about the logic games. Yeah. I showed her a test. She thinks it's absolutely fucking ridiculous that they're doing this. She thinks it's okay. She's, she had my exact same reaction to it, which was, well, yeah, sighted people, tend to solve the games using a drawing. Yeah. But blind people would solve the game using something else. Yeah. (laughs) It there's, and then I was like, I'm looking at the picture. Like I, I get out the test and I'm showing her the test. It's just words, Ben. There's no picture. There's no diagram. There's no drawing. There were some drawings in some very old games. Yes, those are super old. On. The Ski Chalet one and the whatever other ones. Yeah. yeah. That's, but they don't do that anymore. They and don't do that anymore. Now mm-hmm. it's just like words saying, hey, seven clowns are going to get out of the clown car in order, the red clown before the blue clown and the blue clown before the green clown, and then ask you questions about what order they get out of the fucking clown car. Yep. It's just words. It's not. <laughs> yes, sighted people tend to make a drawing to solve that. But but people without sight would solve that a different way. And some people with sight solve it a different way as And well. some people with sight would solve it in a different way. And so <laughs> I can't, I just don't, what the fuck, Ben? What was, what are these people thinking? What was the court thinking if the court was even entertaining the stupid argument? What were they thinking? And then the fact that the LSAC ended up settling out this lawsuit how did someone in the room not go, what the fuck are you talking about? This is discriminatory. It's actually discriminatory against blind people to even think that blind people are not capable of solving these logic games. 
<laughs> what? Okay, so let, let me let me try to make the argument for the other side and think about what they're saying here. So the 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 words on the page are just words. They're not yes. drawings. And okay. and there are already reasonable accommodations for people without sight. So they're you already can have getting someone read it to you yes, or whatnot. Or yep. a braille test, or if you're low vision, you're gonna get a um a large print test. Or yes, there are people who will be in the room with you and read the test to you. There's all kinds of reasonable accommodations where they can still ask you this same question. Okay. Yeah. But here, hold on. So let me, let me think through their reasoning. So what they're saying is, look, they have to agree that the words on the page are just words. There's no drawings. So the argument must've been, look, uh, the vast majority, which I think is totally reasonable. The vast majority of test takers look at these words, they read the words and then they use visual representations of those words to try to solve these problems. Now it's, Definitely not a necessary condition, right? You don't have to draw things to solve these problems, as is attested by the fact that some test takers who are sighted don't. They just solve them in their head. But most people do. So it appears to be a very helpful technique, and blind people are unable to avail themselves of that technique. And they must have argued that there must there's not any other comparable technique? I mean, that's what you'd have to show, right? That there's not another comparable technique, therefore we have to test in some other way. (laughs) It's just, that's your argument. You are in bad shape. (laughs) You're going to prove to me that there's no way that blind people can figure out what clown was getting out in third (laughs) out of the clown car? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's not, yeah. there's no planet. I mean, I, I was going through the games. I'm like, hey, Danny, look at this game. Look at this game. Look at this game. And she's like, yeah, the, why wouldn't a blind person be able to figure that out? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you're putting people in order or you're putting them in groups or you're maybe doing some other weird thing, you know, who, like the virus game, for example. Hey, who was, which which one was patient zero? Like, who was looking at porn on their work computer and got the whole network infected with viruses? Whoa. Wait, what? Porn? Yeah, <laughs> that one's that's <laughs> I don't remember the porn ever coming up on the LSAT, but yeah. That's such an easy game, Ben. It's such an easy game. <laughs> People, if they just commonsensically think about what's going on, it's like, hey, we show up to work and uh, all, the, all the computers are infected with viruses. <laughs> and then there's some rules about what computer could have infected what other computer. It's such a natural common sense thing to be looking for patient zero, right? Like, hey, who did it? Yeah. <laughs> and the person who did it definitely was looking at porn or like whatever they were doing. They were tor- torrenting some software or they were they were doing something shady. That's why they got their fucking computer infected with a virus in the first place. Yeah. But anyway, I just I, <laughs> I can't believe that that they're going to go through this whole fucking thing of researching for 4 years so that they can then redo the LSAT because one blind person didn't want to like prepare for the logic games essentially. Well, okay. So imagine this potential solution instead of changing the logic games. uh, What if they just took away scrap paper from everyone? So no one can draw. (laughs) So everyone has to do it in their head. (laughs) Why don't they just take a stick and post, 
poke it in everyone's eyes. So you you actually can't have vision. Oh, okay. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting proposal. It's just I just it's it it's it's so it's patronizing. I have to think. I like. I, I really, man. If anybody out there knows a blind lawyer, I would love to talk to them about this because it's just. I can't believe that what they're coming around to is it's discriminatory against blind people to have these puzzles on the test. <laughs> like, really? That's your. That's what they've decided. That that blind people are not capable of figuring out. By the way. It's less words. I mean, it's it's fewer words, right? It's actually easier to digest the content. Sure. So I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't feel like it's as crazy as you seem to think it is. But I'd love to hear what your friend has to say because she works with uh, low vision and blind people. I'd also like to hear what some blind test takers have to say absolutely try to solve the games please know? email the show if you are a uh, blind or low vision person please email the show let us know like we're we're, we're i'm obviously just making shit up um <laughs> but <laughs> i'll tell you what danielle said was blind people would come up with another way of solving it and the only thing that makes sense to me is that you know because of lsat dogma LSAT dogma is real because LSAT teachers teach the games in a certain way. Yeah. Which always is visual. Mm -hmm. They just leapt to, and it sounds like the parties and the court (laughs) just leapt to this conclusion. Oh, well that's how you do it. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like you have to do it with a picture. So of course it's discriminatory against blind people. Yeah. But blind people would figure it out. Like they, there's all sorts of other reasonable accommodations. She, Danny started talking about like, oh, well, you know, they could maybe have like blocks. Like if it's a, mm-hmm. if it's a spatial um, ordering thing, like if they had blocks, right? Like so, suppose you gave them a, a, a um, alphabet set, set of blocks. Sure. Well, then they could use those blocks to f- to put things in order. Like they could have a, they could still do a um, spatial solution mm-hmm. using their blocks that they could feel with their hands. Yeah, I guess I don't feel like you could capture all the nuances though that some of these rules impose. I blocks. I think you're now discriminating. You're you're discriminating. <laughs> you're under you're underselling the uh, ingenuity of the blind community. Well, okay. So why here's do you hate my... blind people? <laughs> um, here's here's the thing: is I just like how would people react if no one could have scratch paper? Like, <laughs> I think people would be pretty upset, and so that's what's basically happening. People are to... going to be upset no matter what. No matter what happens, <laughs> people are going to fucking complain. Okay, like people are complaining that they got a digital test instead of a print test, or they're complaining that they got a print test instead of a digital test. They're always going to complain no matter what. Okay, well, we have to we'll have to probably put a pin in this one and <laughs> uh, hear what people have to say. Be interesting, uh, or maybe no one will care. I don't know. It'll be interesting. What percentage of test takers are blind? That's that's another thing I'd like to know. I, and I'm I'm sure that that is a very low number. Mm-hmm. 
If it's really like a big deal, I'd prefer they just get like an extra logical reasoning section or something. I mean, well, sure. I've thought about this a lot too. They could just make the entire test logical reasoning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like logical reasoning is a real good test of of your um, reading and capacity to just call bullshit on things. Yeah. And fine. Like if they want to get rid of the logic games, they're going to have to add something. Um, whatever LSAC, go ahead. You have my permission. Just make the whole thing. Logical reasoning. It's going to be, you have my permission. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we understand the test better than they do. That's clear. So yes, they can just go ahead and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next one. (laughs) So this came up because we're coming to the time of year where our students are, you know, telling us about their offers and whatnot. Sure. So I had a a student who has become a friend and she's telling me about um, her offers. She's like sitting on all her offers. So she got a 160 something and she's trying to decide where to go. And she has this offer from California Western um, in, in Cal in California, obviously Southern California. And, Uh, she was trying to figure out like, Hey, how good of a deal is this? And I wanted to point out the, again, for people who have not heard this before, you have to start looking at the 509 reports. Just Google. If, if California Western is your school, just Google California Western 509. Yep. And the first thing that you'll find on Google is this um, report Ben, did you know that the brand new 509s just are just out now? No. Matt Dumont sent an email saying that these the 509s are just released. Okay. Yeah, so, for 2019. Yeah, so I'm looking now at the brand new 509 from California Western, and it's actually really interesting. Um, first thing is, if if you just look at the the, it's the second page. <laughs> okay, just to clarify, this is an ugly PDF with yes. like. Plain black text with blue titles. Yes. So once you see that, you know you found the right place. Yes. It, and it says at the top, standard 509 information report. It has information about the class. So California Western is not a prestigious law school by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they admit people with bad grades and bad LSAT scores. Mm-hmm. So their 50th percentile LSAT is 151. I would anticipate that if the average person is starting there with a 151, that means the average person there is not going to pass the California bar. Yep. Uh, because the California bar is hard, <laughs> a lot harder than the LSAT. Anyway, their 75th percentile is only a 153. This student that I'm talking about, Ben, got a 160 something, low 160s, but okay. she got an offer from California Western, which included a scholarship. Okay. If you go down to the bottom of the second page of this, 509 report, you'll see two things. On the bottom right, you see grants and scholarships, which shows you how what what fraction of the class got scholarships. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so here it's um 76% of the class is getting a grant. Okay. Yep. 28% of the class is getting less than half tuition. If you're getting less than half tuition, that's like not a good scholarship offer <laughs> at, at a school like yeah. this. Half to full, 35% of the class got half to full. Mm-hmm. 12% of the class got full tuition, and 1% of the wow. class got more than full tuition. 12% for full tuition is high. Yes. 
Yeah, well, it's a shitty law school, and they're not going to attract yeah. any decent applicants unless they give scholarships. Like that's the game. That's what that's the game we're playing. By the way, I looked up their rankings on U.S. News and World uh-huh. Report, and it says California Western School of Law is ranked number one forty six to one ninety two. I've never, I guess, I've never realized <laughs> that the higher these higher ranked schools are just put into like a yeah. batch of yeah. like. <laughs> no one cares at that point. Oh, I'm well, 147. You and you're 146. You shouldn't care even when you're 50th, right? Like, there's no, there, yeah. there's no. You're not. Oh, I went to this prestigious. I went to Hastings, and it's ranked 50th in the country. It's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> it's the third best law school in Northern California. Like, it's not. It's yeah. nothing. It's not a. It's not. It's not. It's it's a regional law school. It's fine. So California Western. It's a regional law school. Yep. It's fine. I'm not shitting on them. I'm just saying it's yeah. not. It's nothing to brag about, right? Yeah. The bottom left of that same page, the second page of the 509 report, the bottom left has conditional scholarships. Yeah. Are you looking at the new report? Do you have it up? I have it up. I have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. What happened, Ben, in 2018, 2019? Okay. In 2018, 2019 academic year, 10 people entered with, Conditional scholarships compared to, uh, whoa, 2017, 2018, 191. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, right? So if you're applying to law school right now, or if you're weighing your offers right now, you want to make sure you look at the new 509 reports because shit changes over time. So they used to, at California Western, they used to admit a lot of people with conditional scholarships and then take the scholarship away based on grades. Yeah. And in 2016, 2017, yeah, they took away about a quarter of the scholarships in 2017, 2018, they took away over a quarter of the scholarships 2018, 2019. They only even admitted people with 10. They only admitted 10 people with conditional scholarships instead of 200 people with conditional scholarships. So they like, basically it looks like to me, California Western sort of got rid of their conditional scholarship program. Which is good news given the fact that the scholarships continued to be offered, right? Because we had 76 people receiving, no, no, sorry, 76% receiving grants. I'm sorry. And then, so the 539 people received grants and only 10 of those were conditional. Okay. But there's more here, right? About these scholarships you had 10 granted last year and only one of them was reduced or eliminated i mean that's still one and so you got to pay attention what percentage of these are being reduced or eliminated um honestly this looks like good news for anyone going here now sounds like they don't give many conditional scholarships and mm, 10 percent of them were reduced or eliminated that means you got to pay attention. So if they're offering you a conditional scholarship, you are the exception, not the rule to their scholarship offers yep. or in their scholarship offers. Yeah. So I think we can return to this on a subsequent episode, mm-hmm. but I wanted people to be, you know, make sure you're looking at the five Oh nines. Also just look at what they look at what they tell you. So this, this particular student, this particular applicant, they, it was a conditional offer that they gave her. Hmm, interesting. So I don't yeah. know if they just didn't do it for 2018, 2019, but now they're getting back on it for 2019, 2020. I don't know. I don't know what's yeah. happening. You can't, you don't, you don't really know, but they did say yeah. that she had to keep a two point. I think they said she had to keep a 2.8. 
huh. which she's okay. got good grades, right? Like so many law students like, or so many applicants are like, oh, wow, 2.8. Like I never, I'm not going to get a 2.8. I've always had good grades. You know, I work hard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then you look a little closer and they'll tell you it's like stipulated how many grades they give of in various, like she, she sent me the, the, she was sending me all the information from, from California Western. And it was like yeah. in the one L classes, there is a maximum number of A's <laughs> like, yeah. and it was small. It was like 5% or something like that, that you can, that can get an A. So yeah, Basically, the you know, like if you're not going to get one of those very few A's, you're already down to a 3.3. B plus is a 3.3, but even that was yeah. limited. I mean, it was like only 15% or something like that can get a B plus. Yeah. And when you realize that the there's a there's a minimum number of bad grades, <laughs> like a certain number of people have to get D's and F's. Yeah. And there's also a required amount of people that get something in the C's. Yeah. And the point is it could be really hard to maintain your 2.8 if the curve is centered around a 2.7. Yeah. So let's talk about this more next time. I, I'm yeah. what I'm, I'm yelling at her to send. I want her to send a spreadsheet of all the different offers so we can like go yeah. through and think about what her different chances are and you know like try to give some advice cuz i think this really especially this time of year people are kind of thinking about this yeah um okay all right, cool want to move on yeah yeah let's do it so the next one is in about about appealing your lsac gpa so if you don't know you're going to get uh you have your transcripts from your school you might have a 3.2 uh, but when you apply to law school, you actually have to submit your transcripts to LSAC. They will then standardize it so that everybody is on the same playing field, so to speak. It's their effort to at least to equalize everybody uh, because different schools have different GPA systems. In any case, uh, when they do that, your GPA, your 3.2 might go up, it might go down. Um, obviously, if it goes down, people may be upset and want to appeal that decision by LSAC, although it's pretty formulaic. So let's see what this question says. Can I appeal my LSAC GPA? Do you know if it's possible to contact LSAC and have them explain their calculation and maybe even reconsider potentially with a note from my counselor who advised me to repeat the course for a better grade? Or in your experience, is appealing an, a GPA to LSAC a futile effort? Any thoughts you can provide will be greatly appreciated. Happy holidays, G. Okay, G. Um, one, I actually think you can. Isn't there like a calculator in which you can kind of guess using uh, LSAC's website? I thought there was. I, the way I recall it, they 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 tell you what's inside the black box. So there's there's like a rubric. Yes, you, you can like go through the list of all the different things that they do to tweak your GPA. Yeah. And it's very formulaic, so I would be surprised to see them budging much on this unless there was some ambiguity. I mean, there's always a potential for that. Um, here we go. This is on LSAC.orgs. Okay, how grades are converted. So there's a link. We'll include it in the show notes. Um, but if you Google LSAC and then transcript summarization, um, it has a long ass page, as all their pages are, going through how they calculate grades, 
um, how they convert them, what grades are excluded. So they have rules for all of this. So unless your situation falls into some ambiguity between any of these rules, which is unlikely because they've encountered a lot of different situations, um, I don't think there's going to be much budging. But it doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. I mean, one thing that we have learned about the LSAC is that if you call you'll get different people. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes a different person will do something for you that the other person wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you can always call a, You can always call and ask them. Um, I, I, I have no idea. I really yeah. don't, <laughs> but you're going to be a lawyer, right? Lawyers are pain in the asses. Law- pains in the ass. Lawyers, um, yep. are not, are not shy about asking for shit they want. So go yep. ahead and fucking call them. Like, <laughs> who knows if you're real annoying and you call them a million times, they might do something for you. I I have no idea. Yeah, my, my prediction is probably not given how formulaic yes. this is, but give it. A I shot. agree. Yeah, and let us know if Absolutely. they do. Absolutely, <laughs> that would be amazing if they actually did. All right, want to uh, yeah. want to do Chance's personal statement? Let's do it. Yeah, this says. It's an email from Chance. It says, I have listened to every episode of the podcast and have really tried to take the guy's personal statement advice to heart. I know they have been bitching about recent personal statements, and Nathan even thinks they are getting punked. (laughs) Yeah, I sometimes do. This statement has been submitted to 12 different law schools ranked in the top 60. So far, I have been admitted to seven out of seven schools that I have heard from. With full rides to half and hefty scholarships to the rest, I know that my LSAT score and GPA are more important, but I think the statement isn't too bad either. I know the guys will still probably tear it up, but I think that they will see that I heeded their advice. P.S. I know I added some fluff at the end of the statement. This was to answer specific questions that the law school instructed be in the statement. Okay. P.P.S. My favorite statement that they have destroyed was the man with the kind eyes. I promise there are not any Japanese symbols in my statement. (laughs) If they read this, please call me chance. Oh, okay. If people don't know what we're talking about, um, if you Google thinking LSAT kind eyes, (laughs) you'll, you should find (laughs) the episode (laughs) (laughs) where we destroyed one of the weirdest, worst personal statements (laughs) that, that I've ever seen. I do believe it is episode 156. <laughs> that was good times. I'm glad uh, yeah. glad we got a chance to read that. That was hilarious. Um, okay. Ready for this? Yeah, go for it. Here we go. This is Chance's personal statement that he claims he took our advice on. This first paragraph is intimidating. That's a big block of text. Mm-hmm. I'm already nervous. Okay. Yeah. All right, here we go. I stare at the instructor as he shows the anti-tank landmine to the wide-eyed students pointing to the different components with a stick. That's just a bad sentence. That's a bad sentence. Who's pointing? Obviously, it's the instructor, but it's confusing because it comes right after the phrase wide-eyed students so it kind of seems like it's modifying it the sounds students, like the students are point, pointing to the components with a stick but they're not yeah. it's the instructor 
And all you're doing is staring, which is passive. Also, I do not like this present tense thing. What? Yeah. Yeah. I stared. I stare. Calm down, dude. Like, yeah, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down. It's too much, dude. It's aggressive. Like, sometimes people just write these statements that fucking jump off the page. Like, it's just like, whoa, dude, take a fucking step back. Put it into fucking past tense. Don't. Huh? It's okay. Chance, you got in on your LSAT and GPA. This your personal statement didn't didn't do it for you. The, I stare at the instructor well, the fact, as I can contemplate his, his <laughs> imminent demise. Yeah, I know totally. I give the instructor the death stare as I this fucking guy is pointing with a stick. Don't point at things. <laughs> well, no, but it is a broken sentence, though, Chance. I'm sorry. It, it, it does look like you're – I mean, you can – the thing is, like, a smart reader is going to figure it out. But you don't – I don't mm. – you don't want to make your reader have to figure it out. It should be clear Mm-mm. who is doing the pointing. And yeah. here, I, it's not clear whether it's the students or the instructor. So that's a bad sentence. Anyway, um, like, so here's the deal, but seriously, dude, here's the deal, Chance. If I read this, if I read your personal statement, your first sentence here, I think you're not a good writer. Nope. And Ben, Ben agrees. Okay. Like Ben Olson <laughs> and Nathan Fox, both of us read your personal statement and the first fucking sentence, we both go, ah, eh, he's not a very good writer. Yep. Though that's the impression you're leaving. Like if I only read that, that's what I'm going to think about you is that you're not a good writer. Anyway. And some schools don't give a fuck about that because they're just trying to get warm bodies. But a lot of schools are trying, if they're serious about what they're doing, they realize that their job is to take on students who are going to become highly paid professional writers. In fact, I don't know of any other writers who are paid more except for maybe celebrities who happen to, you know, be one in a million. Um, That's it. I slowly take a few steps back as I worry he might drop the mine and blow all of us to pieces. Really? He's got a real mind. Yeah. So now I just absolutely don't believe you. Like that sounds like a lie. Yeah. I am an operational advisor with the U S army asymmetric warfare group in the West African country of Niger at their army basic training complex. That's a to-be sentence. Just telling me where you are. It's also not a very well-written sentence. It's very it's long. clunky with the at there. It's a, the, I wasn't expecting that additional modifier. Chance, you need to write shorter sentences. Yep. I am here to fix this flawed teaching method along with a variety of other issues that exist at the school. Another to-be sentence. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Ben, what you mean by that is using the verb to-be yeah, the verb in this sentence is to be. So it's am. I am. Yeah. yeah, sorry, it's am. And really the action here is fixing. So I don't, like I'd prefer a sentence that says something like, I fixed this flawed teaching method by doing X or whatever. I don't like it. The um, content wise, he's sure. shitting on a teacher. Yep. You're applying to school, dude. You're applying to law school. Schools don't want to hear about you shitting on teachers. You're you're just telling me now that this is a flawed teaching method. Wait, why yep. is it flawed? Because it's a real landmine? Okay, it's not a real landmine. <laughs> <laughs> 
If it is, uh, if it is, okay. then wow, that is crazy. But I don't think it is. I bet it is actually, given what he's saying. It sounds like he's over here in this place, and they probably just picked straight it up, up just picked up a landmine out of the ground, and we're like, "Hey, guys!" and start pointing a stick at it. Look, that's the flawed teaching method. <laughs> you know what? It sounds like that's a teaching method that would fix itself. <laughs> that guy's not here anymore. No. no. Um, okay. I also chance further hate the variety of other issues that exist at the school. That's vague. Yeah. It's really high level. You're making yourself sound like you're a fucking superhero that you're there to fix everything. I don't even know what you're talking about because it's vague though. <sighs> anyway, continuing on Boko Haram recently kidnapped the Chibuk school girls in Nigeria receiving national and world news attention when the first lady, Michelle Obama tweets about the kidnapping. What the <laughs> fuck, dude? What? It's past tense and then presidents and then capitalizing you, national and world. Are you fucking kidding me? You sent this to law schools? Wow. And you got admitted wow. with this. Wait, hold on. What schools did he get admitted he said, to? We don't he know. He says 12 different law top schools 60. ranked in the top 60. The top yeah, but 60, I mean, hey, well, if that's... Hastings is one of those top, like, if if it's that type of school, yeah, they don't give a fuck. They're like, ah, hey, you're... Top 60, he means schools ranked 50 Yes, 60. exactly. I mean, really. Yes, that's normally what you mean when you say top 60. You mean <laughs> number 59. <laughs> so, yes, school number 59 will admit you with this. Even though this is garbage, they will admit you because they just need warm bodies, and they're admitting you because of LSAT yeah. and GPA. But this is not good, dude. This is really bad. Like that, you just—that was a verb tense shift in the same sentence. Yeah, <laughs> it's also just—I mean, I'm going to read that sentence again. Boko Haram recently kidnapped the Chibuk school girls in Nigeria, receiving national and world news attention when the first lady Michelle Obama tweets about the kidnapping. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not kidding you, dude. That is maybe the worst sentence I've ever read in one of these personal statements. That sentence sucks, and that's in your first fucking paragraph. That sucks, dude. You did not run this through Grammarly. You Grammarly would have caught that. You did not print this out and read it out loud. It's it's fucking awful. Also, why are you capitalizing national and world? It's, it says receiving <laughs> national and world news attention, and you've capitalized national and world like Donald Trump. What? This looks like a tweet. It's a tweet. <laughs> it's a tweet sentence. I lead a three-man team sent to Niger by the U.S. Africa Command with a presidential mandate, and that capitalized presidential for no reason, mandate of improving mm. the ability of the Nigerian. You misspelled Nigerian. Oh my gosh. Improving the ability oh, of the Nigerian God. army forces to combat the terrorist group Boko Haram and to bring justice to the kidnapped girls. What? I cannot believe how horrible this is. I deploy to Niger. Wait, are you there to fix the teaching or are you there to like run an ops mission? He's going to bring justice to the kidnapped girls by fixing the way that the instruction happens. I don't fucking know okay. what's going on. I deploy, now it's present tense again. I deploy to Niger <laughs> with a directive to determine the best way to spend $5 million on the Nigerian, again, misspelling Nigerian army, to increase their lethality and capabilities. 
why present tense. <laughs> Growing know. up, I always had a strong sense of justice and serving others. Period. <laughs> what? <laughs> Military service in my family traces back to every U.S. war since World War I. This sense of justice and service is why I joined the Army 21 years ago, taking me to the deserts of Iraq, the mountains of Afghanistan, and across Africa multiple times, fighting for the justice of victims. <laughs> what? I'm done, Ben. I'm not reading any more of this. <laughs> okay. This personal yep. statement, Chance, your personal statement sucks. I'm sorry, but it sucks. I'm glad you're already in at seven of the top 60 law schools in the country. It makes me think that the top law schools suck as well. Oh, my God. Well, okay. So the I'm just looking, scanning over the next few paragraphs, and he says, I spend the next six weeks at the training complex, blah, blah, blah. I brief leaders throughout the Africa command, blah, blah, blah. I travel back yes. to Niger and start fixing challenges. Yes. It sounds like you do have some I sentences later yes. here, but... I can't believe how many people got through that first paragraph. I mean, no one would, you no would, one in the world, if they actually cared, they would read that first sentence and that first paragraph and deny you. There's no fucking way. Well, what do you think they're doing? They're saying, Hey, look, you got LSAT GPA and your, uh, military, you know, in we the know military. you work hard. Yep. You're in. Yeah. We'll take you. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, your writing sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you, it, this is, <laughs> You have broken sentences. Like you're, you're not right. These are not, these are not good sentences. So, like, this is not a good personal statement to read on the show. Get that book. No, seriously. If like, yes. if you're going to become a lawyer and this is going to become your career, get the book, uh, "Legal Writing and Playing English" by Brian Gardner, and just do those exercises. Also, I know you can work hard, so yeah, go do it. And yeah, we believe in it. you, Chance. But this is not. You're not putting your best foot forward with this statement. I, I can't. I yep. can't. Um, Thank you for sending it in. Um, and I agree. Yes, he definitely did. T- he did. He did listen to our advice about saying what you did. Like, there's lots of facts in here. I can see that it's just fact, 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 fact. Except for the potentially lies about using an actual anti-tank landmine in the lesson, which maybe is true. Well, that that may be true, actually. <laughs> but there is some telling in here. Like, I I grew up. I always had a sense of yeah. Justice we don't. Yeah, the word like, justice no one cares. Yeah, should not be in your statement. Just stop. Don't yeah. don't put the justice and no, passion. Yeah, don't put justice. Don't put passion. Okay, let's uh, wrap it up. I'm at two percent. Okay, so uh, the last thing, really quick. Someone asked for a good writing sample. We don't have one, but maybe we'll look into writing one. So that yeah. Thoughts on that? Sure. That fine. I mean, it's not that hard to do. Like you just yeah. stick to the facts, but we we'll, we're going to cool. have to get to that next time. Thank you. You can always join the thinking LSAT podcast group on Facebook, Facebook or Facebook. You can follow us at thinking LSAT on Instagram and Twitter. My website is strategyprep.com for classes in DC. Nathan's website is foxlsat.com for classes in LA and San Francisco. Our joint project is lsatdemon.com. If you haven't signed up for a free trial, go there and check it out. That's lsatdemon.com. Um, that was episode 224 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school.